Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Father, we thank you for the word that goes out this morning. It lives, it's never going to go away, it abides, it will stay with us forever and eternity. And Lord, the word of life that transforms us into that we, which you would want us to be in the kind of people that you prepare for the rapture and the catching away of your church. When the church departs, we need to have this kind of profile in our lives as is prescribed in heaven through your word so it be done in our lives. Through Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Good morning, everybody. And good to be with you in church today. It's, um, it's uh, middle of winter or still in winter. We actually passed by a month already. Uh, and uh, we are heading for a wonderful day. Tonight is a night in which, you know, um, I think it's, it's going to be something very special. Uh, we are, you know, we, we were very restrained with Pentecost, all of that, but tonight is a Holy Spirit night in this place. Everything is gearing towards that. I've got no further preparation except to spend the afternoon in prayer and get ready so that I'll be able to bless the people in some way or another as the Spirit of God leads. The band will have specific music. Everything is very specific tonight. So we look forward to that. And... Uh, They'd uh, bring your family and, and those that need a touch from God. And we believe God for some, lots of people actually, will have breakthrough miracles in their lives. Can you say amen? And for that, we give God glory in advance. Give him a praise offering, everybody. <laughs> amen. Now, um, I'm going to put the tail of the sermon in the front. And I want all of you, Listen very carefully. It will be very possible, if I have the time for it, repeated again in the service. And even tonight, because this is what the scholars of the Bible call the essentials of true Christianity. Now, just let me just tell you what it is. Number one, be in Christ Jesus. Not outside in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Number two, be in the Word of God, John 8, 31, 32. Be in prayer, 2 Corinthians 4, 2. Be in the church on Sunday, Hebrews 10, 25. Be in holiness and in the fear of the Lord, number five, 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. So <clears throat> if we look at that, those are the five essential elements of true Christianity. And um, now I want to get to a situation, just tell you a little story, that here in we find in the city of Jerusalem that... Um, there is a situation that took place, and it was with Jesus. And the Lord Jesus, always like to call him Lord first, Lord Jesus Christ. 
he's busy talking to people. And then one said to him, you don't have to turn to this. It's in Matthew 12, 47, in case you're taking notes. Always bring a Bible with you. Said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. Your mother and brothers, plural, standing outside, seeking to speak with you. Now he's busy like I'm busy here in a sermon. He's, he's speaking to people. And Matthew 12, 48, but he answered, he said to them, to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hands, his hands towards his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Now, verse 15, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does, does the will of my Father in heaven. Having said that, I'm going to turn to his brothers. Now, we all have families. Everybody carves out a career. Everybody just finds something that you're going to do for the rest of your life and that you feel is that important to you. And um, it attracts you. And we find that this young man, James Yaakov, is his real name, Yaakov. Like Mary in, in Hebrew is Miriam. But Yaakov, or James, was like an academic. He studied, like the Jewish people all do, the Torah, the five books of Moses. And he really knew what he was doing. To the point that he, came, he became, in Israel among the Jews, a leader, chief rabbi of the early Christian community, but moreover in Israel before his conversion, because... We know that the apostle James, who wrote the brother of Jesus in this case, uh, he, we know that uh, he was like a person that was called in Israel an halakhic judge, halakhic judge. That means a person that would look at people and situations and judge, typically judge, uh, the children of Israel now, uh, in terms of their what they got up to, their conduct, and what they were doing in terms of what God had prescribed in the five books of Moses. Now, he was known as a scholar, and apparently, every resource tells me, outstanding. There's one brother that was an academic, and he got very good at that, and was highly respected. Now, if we study all the resources available, and I have many, it will tell you that in his story is that James had a post-resurrection encounter when the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him. Now, let me say this to you. Many of the commentaries call him the half-brother of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was the son of God the Father, and so James was the son of Mary and and Joseph, Joseph and Mary. So, therefore, not being like Jesus, he was called, funny, many of the commentaries call him a half-brother of Jesus because of that. Jesus, the Son of God, first begotten, firstborn, and then after that, his brothers, and James then called a half-brother. 
which makes sense if you see it in that respect. Now, he has a major encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the process of that, when the Lord appears to him, he now finds out that this brother, as the Bible calls it here in this piece of Scripture that I've just given you, and uh, his brother was, uh, in fact, exactly, they were standing outside looking at Jesus in action. And I wonder what they thought because those two brothers, or the brothers, we know about two of them, there had to be two, at the very least, James had to be one of two. Uh, so we know that when Jesus responded, I wonder what he thought about that. But now Jesus is resurrected from the dead, and he has an encounter, and he powerfully becomes a Christian, writing a very unique book in the New Testament, known by many as one of the first books of the New Testament, first of the letters of the New Testament, if not the first, the book of James. He gets martyred in the year 62 AD, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. So James, the apostle, becomes the chief rabbi of the Christian community in Jerusalem. He gets to be what we would call the senior pastor of the first church of Jerusalem. And you find him in Acts 15 taking the lead in a situation concerning the Gentile world. And everybody listens, they understand that this is the chief rabbi, as the Jews would say, in Jerusalem of the Messianic or the Christian community. So what is he good at? He's good at looking at the manners, the custom of the children of Israel, all their customs, but now he has the revelation of the covenant of God with us through Jesus Christ, and James begins to write the most practical book. It's called the practical book of the New Testament because now the whole situation changes. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. And there are the so-called mitzvot, which is really the activity of performing the word. The activity of performing in Old Testament terms, the activity of performing the laws of Moses, now New Testament church, the activity of how a Christian should live. Now, if you read the book of James now, the whole book unlocks, because he deals with many things in this. And I'm not going to get into all the other topics. I get into them very easily. In fact, I've read them over and over and over. But I have selected this word, activity. Now, if we look at the um, book of James chapter number 2, verse 14, now you can turn with me to that. And I'm going to do something slightly different. I'm actually going to um, read from the New Amplified Bible. And I'm going to tell you, if you're looking in the New King James, which you most probably do, most of you will. I'm reading this from the Amplified Bible. So the text by text, verse by verse, you catch exactly what the Amplified Version is enhancing the Greek here and telling you what it is actually saying. Here it says, what is the benefit, my fellow believers, if 
someone claims to have faith, but has no good works as evidence of the faith that the person, that particular person has. Can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works, going into action and living out according to the New Testament, the Word of God living out, becoming a living proof that you're actually a saved one. Listen to me carefully. Ephesians 2.9. For by faith you have been saved. It works like this actually. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. It is a gift of God and not of yourselves lest anyone should boast. So, we receive everlasting life through faith. So, Works are the activities, as the dictionaries and many sources tell you, the things that people get up to and the way of their conduct, of which James was a specialist, that are often in straight conflict with that which God commands to the New Testament church. He would be, some commentators call him Pastor James. So Pastor James would say to the people, what does it help you to say, I am a Christian, but you are not doing, I've just jotted these five B's down when I got to them, I thought, my goodness. If you're not in Christ, you're not in the Word, you're not reading the Bible, you're not continuing in Scripture, but you say, I'm saved. I'm just saved. That's it. Now just continue with life. You're never praying. You've got to be in prayer. Be in the church. Hebrews 10, 25. Not neglecting the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit or the manner of some. As you see the day approaching, the day of the Lord. Be in church, be in holiness, and in the fear of the Lord. Just take those, those, those five B's that I've got there. Be this, be that. Not being in church. Not being in prayer. Not being in the Word. Maybe in Christ Jesus, but no visible transformation of a life has taken place. And it's quite evidence, evident that many Christians live a life completely contrary to the Word of God. They even design in these latter days new laws for themselves and justify malbehavior, misbehavior, all kinds of perverted behavior, all kinds of iniquities. Hence the Lord said how it would be like the days of Noah and the days of Sodom and Gomorrah in the last days. So now people find verses in the Bible why they should do some things against the Word of God. One person came with one of the strangest doctrines and one of the strangest personal philosophies why she had to get divorced. She found a verse for that. 
she made the verse fit her situation. And she even misinterpreted that verse. So they justify things that God forbids. What we call in the Christian world among the leaders, the legalization of what God forbids. You cannot legalize against this book. Now this book will never go away. And if you read this book, you find out what the Word says. Now, one of the things I need to tell you in my very limited period of time that I'm with you here this morning, because it is short, is that I speak to a lot of leaders. I'm a leader of a church group. I speak to many leaders from all over. And they phone me. Leaders of big churches phone me. And they would all say or sing the same story. said, Pastor Harold, since this COVID situation, we are battling global, eh? Global, not even South Africa, but global. We're battling to get the church members to come back into church. They're not coming to church. They just have now gone accustomed to forsaking the house of God, not coming to the church. Far more comfortable. Let the dog bark. Let the children run. Let the telephones ring. Let the coffee machine get going. Oh, go fetch us this quickly, quickly. Oh, somebody's knocking at the door now. You know, it's like, all right, I'm watching very distracted because the concentration span of an individual is a vital thing, particularly at university. Vital. Concentration with understanding. And then comes the application. So the legalization of the forbidden, not forbidden by me, but forbidden by the living God. Worldwide. All kinds of things. That legalization cuts straight in against what God has said. Well, you know, you can carry on with whatever you do, no matter if it's corruption, if it's fraud, if it's, you know, any form of perversion of your lifestyle, whatever it is, you can do that. But one thing is clear as the day of the Lord approaches. You will, whether by the will of God be caught up into heaven or you will face the Lord Jesus Christ. You will definitely. In the white throne judgment of the wicked dead, everyone appears before that throne. But the righteous appear according to the word of God very clearly by the apostle Paul lays it out. Before the judgment seat of Christ, before the marriage supper of the Lamb, which takes place in Revelation chapter number 19 from, from, from verse 1 to verse 10. So your conduct, you know, for me as, let's say, an older person, God has blessed me and spared me in good health. But as an older person, as you grow older, the more serious you become with God. You realize that you could depart when the Lord says, now go or come to me. It's like gone, you've gone. Today you're alive, tomorrow you've gone on to be with the Lord. And there comes upon you the reverential fear of the Lord. I always talk about that. There comes upon you the fear of the Lord, which is now the fifth of this, being holiness and the fear of the Lord. There comes upon you the fear of the Lord. When you realize, but am I 
really, really right with God. Holy Spirit, help me. You again begin to work through your life. You say, Lord, I need a touch from you. But God says, I'm coming to fetch you. This night, tomorrow you won't wake up. It's a reality because me and everybody here, even the children, has to face what I'm, face what I'm talking about. And this seriousness of having to face the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, I can go into that now. But this moment that of confrontation with God himself, who has written his word and given his word to us, that I would be a performer continuing in his word. If you, my disciples, you're my, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you are doers of the word, if you do what Jesus told us to do. You know what he says? He said these words. He says, why do you call me Lord, but your works deny me? But you do not do the will of my Father in heaven. You call me teacher, you say, well, but you do not do the works that I told you to do. The things I tell you. He looked at the people and he knew it. He knew and he understood every single person that came near him, even all. So, Lord Jesus, but do something else. Lord Jesus, stay at home. Lord Jesus, oh, I must come tonight for the anointing night here. It's going to be a Holy Spirit night. I'll wait till tonight. Now, we know and understand that some people that haven't got the fuel or the petrol that, uh, that is needed to do twice in a day. I want the blessing, but Monday, 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 I'm back to my old, my old customs. Now, you know, I got a little thing there with a little girl there at the office. Now, you know what? Somebody goes to work and it's a woman. And at work, this woman has an affair with a boss. Tomorrow, this woman has a divorce. Verse 17 of James 2. So to faith, if it does not have works to back it up. I say again, faith, salvation. Works, proving your activity of life showing I am a Christian. Continuing daily in the New Testament and in the temple and from house to house, they became part of a community. They were part of the household of God. They were getting ready to depart. And they knew that what they did here counts forever. It impacts your life instantly if you become a doer of the word. Instantly. Works to back it up is by itself dead, inoperative and ineffective. 
the New Testament, if you look at the book of Revelation, many places, but if you look at the book of Revelation, chapter number 20, from verse number 11, you see the great white throne judgment take place. The, ju the dead were judged according to their works. What did they get up to? That's before the new heavens and the new earth, Revelation 21, 22. But someone may say, you claim to have faith. You claim, oh, I'm a believer. Many years back, 1970, there was a pop group called The Monkees. They sang a song called I'm a Believer. But you know what? They can sing I'm a Believer. Believing what? Many people say, oh my God. Now I can say it off the platform because I'm teaching this. Then I... Every time I hear people say that, particularly in America, they say, oh my God, I said, what God? It certainly can't be my God because you will not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a praise offering there, okay? Verse 18, amplified. But someone may say, you claim to have faith. Claim, and I have good works. Show me your alleged faith. Without the works, if you can. Amplified. And I will show you my faith by my works. That is by what I do in this life with my life as a believer. You believe that God is one. You do well to believe that. The demons also believe that God is one, and they shudder and bristle in awful terror. They have seen his wrath, verse 20. But are you willing to recognize your foolish, spiritually shallow person, spiritually shallow person, that faith without good works is useless? It's not by faith you saved in Jesus Christ when you give your heart to him. But works is the path that leave, that leads you further on all the way till you depart to go to heaven. The one is salvational. The other one represents your pathway. What you do, your life activities. Verse 21. Was our father Abraham not shown to be justified by works of obedience which expressed his faith when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar as a sacrifice to God? Verse 22. You see that his faith was working together with his works and as a result of the works, his faith was completed. As a result of the works, what he got up to the way he listened to God, what he practiced, what he knew about God, he did that. His obedience, that's the mitzvot. That is the loving, um, the loving activity of being a doer of the word, New Testament it would be. That's what it means. The mitzvot. Practicing, performing the mitzvot. reaching its maturity when he expressed his faith through obedience. Expressed 
his faith through obedience. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and this faith was accredited to him by God as righteousness and as conformity to his world. And he was called a friend of God. Verse 20 and 4. You see that a man or a believer is justified by works. You can get quite out of justification when you start doing kohas, bugs. And not by faith alone. That is by acts, acts of obedience. Everybody say acts. Acts of obedience, a born again believer reveals his faith. By acts of obedience, a born again believer reveals his faith. In the same way was Rahab, Rahab, the prostitute, not justified by works to when she received the Hebrew spies as guests and protected them and sent them away to escape by a different route. For just as the human body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works of obedience is also dead. Now let me get to the, the bees. Be in Christ, be in the word, be in prayer, be in the church, be in holiness and the fear of the Lord. Let me tell you something. People make excuses why they don't come to church. And it's a worldwide problem. They're using COVID now as the reason. They make all sorts of excuses. Try that with God. Can you say amen? Anybody say to God, well, you know what, actually, it's like me. Let me put it to you this way. One day, somebody was talking to me and, and um, you know, many ministers, they just, I don't know, I'm called for life. Only when God says, thou stop, I stop. I have too much knowledge. I have to teach in the Bible school. I'm pumping in knowledge now in the Bible school also, teaching in the week, heart to heart, everything I do. But I, I, I said, Lord, I could never write you a letter and say, Lord Jesus, my Lord and Savior, I hear with tender my resignation. I'm through with working for you. That little place of quietness. And I'm sitting on a rock, staring over what not, over a mountain top and over the valleys or the sea or wherever. And I'm now just, I got this, family's now calling me Lazy Daisy. And yet I'm sitting in the sunshine. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Hallelujah. No church, no nothing. Nobody can see any activity that justifies the fact that you call yourself a Christian. Oh, I'm a believer. Well, the monkey's saying that. In what do you believe? They sang a song like that. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I believe this word. 
It's my faith that's become a lifestyle. True believers live like that. You never tell a true, a true believer, would you come and pray? Would you, would you attend the church? Oh, you know, I think I'll just, I just hang in there. I'll watch everything over the internet. I've often thought of cutting the internet altogether. But there are people that are in wheelchairs and people that, that are so poor they can't get here. Or they live too distant. Or they've got real, they got somebody's in the hospital. They're real reasons. But as an activity of life, I close before tonight. How many of you want to be blessed? Then summarize these points, maybe if you listen to the tape afterwards or the video. Say these words after me. Put your hand on your heart. I want to be in Christ. I want to be in the Word. I want to be in prayer. I want to be in church on Sundays. I want to be and continue in holiness and the fear of the Lord. Can you give the Lord a praise offering right now? I couldn't get away from this. I just, you know, you go through all these resources and the whole table is packed out with research and all sorts of things and computer and dictionaries, commentaries, and, you, and then suddenly you come across this essentials of Christianity. And if you say, I'm a hearer, but I'm not a doer, there's already a major problem. Major problem. How can people see that you're a believer? that you have the faith of the Son of God and you're a pilgrim and a sojourner here on earth. God will bless me, but if he blesses me, I'll be in relationship, constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit, with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen to his word, in his word, committed to God, committed to prayer, committed to being in the house of God, committed to holiness, holiness. In the fear of the Lord. Would you stand to your feet, please? I say to you, close your eyes very carefully and listen. Be in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Be in the Word. John 8, 31, 32. Be in prayer. Be in prayer, 2 Corinthians 4.2. Be in the church on Sundays, Hebrews 10.25. Be in holiness and the fear of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 7.1. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with you now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his 
countenance toward you and give you peace and bless you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All God's people said. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.